It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullen sitting down with one of today's top music makers on Real Roots Radio. And we are so glad to have Caleb Darty live on Real Roots Radio today. How you doing, Caleb? Doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, you were telling me off air that while you haven't been on the road traveling, you've been busier than ever being stuck at home for this quarantine. Why don't you tell us about how that happened? Well, uh, <laughs> well, I got married, and well, congratulations. Uh, that pretty much sums it up right there. <laughs> no, no, we, uh, like I said, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to not have to work a whole lot during all this. Now, my wife, on the other hand, uh, she works in a pharmacy, so she's had to work pretty much the entire time. Oh wow! And uh, but no, we like I was telling you a little bit ago, we bought a new place here a few months back, and and uh, we've been doing remodel work and dirt work and building fence and all kinds of stuff here at the new place. Well, congratulations uh, both on the marriage and on the, the new place. Uh, hopefully, you've had a, pr- a productive past few weeks. It's been a productive uh, past a year or two for the Caleb Darty Band, uh, quickly becoming one of the rising uh, stars in bluegrass and and country music. Now, you're a you're an Indiana boy, right? Yes, sir. And you're from Connorsville, Indiana, which we have a lot yeah, of man. listeners in the the Richmond area, and you're right in their backyard. Yeah, man, I'm only about 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes from Richmond. That's awesome. That's fantastic. You seamlessly blend country and bluegrass, but you were telling me that you grew up uh, singing gospel music in uh, some local churches. How did you uh, get first get interested in, in music and then in bluegrass? Well, man, I've always liked bluegrass because that's what, you know, we always played growing up. We played bluegrass gospel, you know, and, uh, you know, and my my. My grandpa, he always played old country and stuff, so when he'd come down, you know, from Ohio, he lived way up by Painesville, and when he'd come down, you know, he'd sing some old country music and stuff, and that's what, it's kind of funny, really, because I've had people ask me before, like, how'd you get turned on to listening to, like, the old country music that I listened to, and, well, I kind of did it by myself, uh, you know, I always liked the music, and, and bluegrass especially, and, uh, I don't know, man. It just kind of something that grabbed a hold of me, you know. But like I said, I played gospel music, you know, for the longest time. And then when, you know, I got old enough and started getting out and running around a little bit, and I started going to some bluegrass festivals. And actually, the first show I ever went and seen was, um, there was an actual bluegrass show. I went to uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, downtown Nashville, and seen the Lonesome River Band and Third Time Out. That's pretty (laughs) hard to beat right there. That must have been during the IBMA festivities. I remember when they put on that show. Yeah, it was an anniversary deal, man. It was kind of crazy because I'm sitting there just kind of, you know, just sitting there like, wow, you know, this, these guys are absolutely amazing. I'd listened to them for a long time, you know, but never had got to see them live. And I'm sitting there at a table with some friends of mine, and they're calling out numbers for this guitar that everybody had, uh, all, out of both bands, had signed this guitar, and they was giving it away. And they're calling out numbers, and I wasn't even thinking about it. And uh, my buddy looked at me, he's like, hey, man, that's your number. And I was like, do what? He's like, yeah, that's your number. You, you won the guitar. <laughs> and I was flipping out, man. I got up there and got my picture taken with everybody, and I still got the guitar. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and now you're sharing the stage with folks like uh, Russell Moore and Sammy Sheeler at Bluegrass Festivals across the country. Tell me about this uh, this debut album that you put out uh, in, for the world of bluegrass just a couple years ago. Where'd the songs come from? How did you get such a good mix of country classics and new bluegrass songs? Well, I've always 
my mind's always going crazy when I'm listening to music, right? So when I'm listening to, you know, Mo Bandy and, and Waylon Jennings and guys like that, you know, I'm always kind of thinking, huh, I can hear a banjo rolling that, you know, or <laughs> I think this could be bluegrass. But really, you know, um, I love that kind of music, and I've been very fortunate to, to get to pick with the guys I pick with, you know, because they're very, very creative and, uh, and uh, way more creative than me, probably, really. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of... When we come to picking songs out, you know, a lot of times, like I've said it a million times at different shows and stuff like that, we, uh, man, we'll sit around my kitchen table and just sit there and talk and play music and stuff, and somebody will get an idea and we'll say, huh, well, why don't we try that real quick? And it might work, it might not work, but sometimes it does work, and that's kind of how we went about picking out songs, you know, for our album. And and uh, another thing is, is, you know, as far as us doing the country songs and stuff, uh, I feel like that... Some of the old songs is something that maybe a person hasn't heard in a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we're doing it way different than the original artist uh, done them, but, you know, maybe it, may, it might make somebody stop and think, hey, man, I kind of forgot about that song, but that, that's pretty good. I like that. You know, that's kind of what we was hoping for. Whether that's a riding my thumb to Mexico or Bandy the Rodeo Clown or even this time that you've had a big hit on, talking with Caleb Darty of the Caleb Darty Band, you uh, the the band is key. You mentioned your band. Uh, who all's in the band these days? I know you've had the same guys for quite a while now. Yeah, man, we got a uh, uh, we got Diane Napier. He plays uh, mandolin for us, and uh, he writes some of our material. And and uh, all around, just a very talented guy. But he's in uh, Scipio, Indiana, which is down south from me. Actually, about an hour and a half south. Uh, which to us, sometimes with practice, that seems like a long way. But I know for some other bands, they drive a way, way, way longer distances than that. To, you know, to do things, but we got Zion, uh, and then we got Kyle Ramey playing a uh, fiddle. He's down there around Zion in the North Vernon area, and then we've got uh, uh, Kyle Clerkin playing banjo. He's down around the same area as the other two boys, and then we got uh, Zach Collier playing bass for us, and he's up in Indianapolis. You just got him from all over the place, right? I reckon so, man. I reckon <laughs> so. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the uh, the furthest away from everybody. <laughs> Caleb Darty on Real Roots Radio. Now, Caleb, uh, who were some of your biggest influences in the world of country and in the world of bluegrass? Well, um, I guess we can start with uh, with country. I mean, you know, I've always loved country music, but, man, when you hear a guy like uh, Vern Gosden or, uh, you know, Merle Haggard or George Jones, you know, when you hear them cut a line, you know, there's just something about that that just, to me, draws me in. And uh, I'm I'm a guy that loves sad songs. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I'd rather hear a sad, slow, heartbreaking song any day, you know, over something that's real fast and uplifting. I don't know why, but I, I just love that kind of music. But, you know, them was the guys that, you know, I kind of, my go-to guys, which is, there's so many of them to kind of narrow them down. And when it comes to bluegrass, man, I've always loved the style of, you know, J.D. Crow and, and uh I mean, there's, there's, especially when Whitley was with him, was you know one of my favorite times. And uh, but you know, I don't know the Osborne brothers, man. I mean, there's just so many of them bands out there that just, I don't know, they just well as for many other people, they just boy, they get their get their motor revving. <laughs> what do you look for in a song uh, that makes you think that uh, that's that's one we want to cut? I know you said that when you're always listening to music, uh, it just kind of you know comes in your subconscious to hear a banjo rolling or a fiddle whining. Uh, but 
regardless of whether it's a country song, a bluegrass song, an old song, or a new song, what do you look for in a song that uh, that speaks to you? Well, I guess my biggest thing that I look for is something that I can I can feel, or somebody somebody that sings the song with feeling, mm-hmm. you know, or if it's something that I think I can take and sing it and mean it, you know, and uh, not necessarily you know lived it, you know, but something that I can relate to, maybe it's just a line out of the song or something like that, you know, that makes me feel like I can grab a hold of that and maybe make somebody else feel what the song is about, you know, and, and uh, you know, old Vern Gosden and Jones, you know, them guys was the best at, you know, stuff like that, and Whitley, and, you know, there were so many guys out there that, you know, there's so many guys out there that can sing with feeling, and then there's, there's a lot that don't, you know, I think, and, uh, you know, but the older written music is the stuff that I really... I don't know, man. It just kind of reaches out and grabs a hold of me, and I look for that, I don't know, that feeling that you get, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you've had a, such a, a whirlwind past couple years with this hit album on your hands. You have went from uh, essentially a virtual unknown to being one of the most talked about young singers and talked about young bands in bluegrass and hit songs on Sirius XM and playing a bunch of the top festivals across the country. Uh, what has uh, this uh, you know, unique rise been like for you over the past couple of years? Unreal. Really, it blows my mind every time I think about it, you know, because I've, like I I said, I've played music for a long time, you know, and I've played in, you know, quite a few different bands and stuff, and, uh, you know, and I've always loved to play music, and I've always loved to sing, of course, and, uh, but I don't know, it just seemed like, you know, we we got put in a couple of uh, very, very good shows, and and things just kind of took off for us, and it was, I don't know, it's still hard to believe for me, you know, I mean, there were so many different people that, you know, once they heard us, you know, they was willing to help us and try to get us, you know, going somewhere. And it worked. And, you know, I'm just, I'm very, very thankful. But at the same time, like, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Your new album's called Burnt the Sawmill Down. You mentioned that you're a huge Keith Whitley fan. And you can hear oh, it yeah. in, in the notes that you sang. But the title track is a a Keith Whitley song that a lot of folks may not be familiar with. Tell me the story of how you were able to uh, record the song "Burnt the Sawmill Down." Well, uh, it's kind of a funny story, man. I'm I'm good friends with uh, Jesse Keith Whitley, and uh, we was uh, in Nashville here a few years ago, and uh, I think we may have been going to the studio actually. And uh, but anyways, we was riding down the car with Jesse and and uh, uh, my. uh, good friend of mine, Chris Keith, which he actually owns our label too. But, uh, Jesse says, uh, Hey, I got a song. You guys, you guys got to hear this. And he turns it on on the, on the radio in the car. And, uh, you could tell it wasn't no studio recording. It was more of a demo recording. And man, you just hear this guitar just, you know, take off and, and thought, man, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You know, before it ever got to this thing. And, you know, I'm like, that's, that's pretty good, you know, and, and it's got a good feel to it. And, uh, then here comes Keith Whitley, and he starts cutting the vocals on this. And I'm sitting there in the back seat of this car, man. I'm I'm about to go crazy. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is unreal. And he said, Jesse told us, you know, there's only been like three or four people ever heard this since his dad got the demo. And uh, so he played it, and then I asked him to play it again. And uh, I asked him, I said, man, I need to record this song. I said, I hear you know fiddle and banjo and and dobro, and you know I, I just I hear bluegrass in this song. And he said, well. I think we got a, a guy that's going to record it and uh, make a country cut on it. 
And uh, I said, well, that's all fine and dandy. I said, I, you know, that's, that don't bother me at all. I said, I want to do bluegrass anyway. I said, so, you know, I need it. Let me have it. <laughs> he st- I had to haggle around with him for a little bit, and uh, he finally said, man, you know what? He said, I think, it, I think you guys could do that. And he ended up sending it to me, and, uh, man, we cut it, and we had some good pickers on it, and we had Josh Swift play the Dobro parts on it, and, you know, it was just, it all turned out. I, I mean, I loved it. We recorded down at Ricky Watson's, and, and uh, I mean, I absolutely loved how it turned out. As a Keith Whitley fan, that had to be pretty special to get to record an unreleased Keith Whitley song and uh, have you be one of the first voices people heard uh, interpret this tune. Oh, man, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I'm visiting with Caleb Darty on Real Roots Radio today. Now, Caleb, uh, you are from Indiana, and uh, we were talking off air about uh, you being a big fan of uh, the boys from Indiana and the Wildwood Valley boys. That's generation number two, uh, Tony Holt and Aubrey Holt and all of them. And uh, I know you've been uh, doing a couple of uh, old boys from Indiana and, and Wildwood Valley boys tunes in some of your shows. Uh, why don't you tell us how you first became acquainted with the Holt boys? Well... Um, I, I've heard my dad talk about them, you know, because like I said, when I was young, my, or when my dad was young, he used to go to bluegrass festivals and stuff, and uh, I heard him talk about the boys from Indiana being, you know, one of his favorite bands, and he always talked about, man, every time they'd play a show, you know, uh, the crowd would never let them quit. You know, they'd, they'd do their last song, and they'd call them back again. You know, they'd, they'd do another song, they'd call them back again. I mean, they couldn't hardly get off the stage, you know, and dad would tell me these stories about them, and... Uh, then I got hooked up with a uh, guy by the name of Amos Collins here in Connersville, and uh, he had a little music hall here in town. Well, that's when I first got to hear Tony Holt and Aubrey with the Wildwood Valley Boys, and, um, you know, they'd come here to town and play. And uh, I always thought, Dad, gone, you know, then them guys are just, they're good. You know, I mean, they were just unbelievably good. And uh, I ended up getting a hold of a few of their albums and, you know, been burning them up every since, man. I mean, you know, it was just... The guys was just unreal songwriters and singers, and like I said, Oliver and Tony both, man. I mean, they're, in my opinion, they're some of the best bluegrass singers you will ever hear, no matter where you go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're big boys from Indiana and Wildwood Valley Boys fans here on Real Roots Radio. And uh, you're right. They're singing and they're songwriting some of the best ever. You've got a couple of uh, of tunes from uh, their catalogs earmarked for your uh, new album. When can folks expect some new music from the Caleb Darty Band? Well, we're hoping to have some new music out here in the next few months. Uh, like, uh, as with everybody, I mean, all the sickness and everything going on has been you know, kind of putting everything behind schedule a little bit, but uh, we're still plugging along here and and uh, hoping that here within the next few months we'll have some new music out. Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on Real Roots Radio today, Caleb. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me, brother. It was great talking with you. I hope to see you on the road soon. Everyone has time for good music. You got time to breathe. You got time for music. The Daniel Mullins Midday Music Spectacular, weekdays 10 to noon on Real Roots Radio.